Welcome back to the OG of the HRC way, news they ain't telling you. Okay, let's get back into the quick news because today we do have a lot of it. So here we go. The Supreme Court has rejected Trump's effort to shield his tax records from Manhattan, New York. And this is going to be the start, I believe, of unraveling Trump's tax returns on who he owes and what and how and all that jazz. So the plot thickens. Um, El Chapo, you guys remember El Chapo, the drug lord from Mexico? His wife was arrested on charges of international drug trafficking. So there's that. Um, in sports news, Albert Pujols will retire after the 2021 season. The reason I'm bringing it up is Albert Pujols is a stand-up guy. He not only is a home run hitter, he's not only won multiple rings with the Cardinals and the Angels, he is just one great player, and he does a lot of great work outside of baseball. So he will officially hang up his bat and his glove after the 2021 season. So an era is coming to an end with Albert Pujols. Um, the House voted to advance the COVID relief bill, um, still in the process, so keep your eye and ear for that. Mike Pence turned down a CPAC invite, apparently because he found out that Donald Trump was going to be there, so he decided, not my jam, which really, this is his jam. It's like the evangelist, Christian, alt-right sort of Mike Pence era and maybe he's sending out a flag that he is done in politics let's hope so okay president biden has canceled trump's tougher citizenship test apparently trump doubled the questions on the citizenship test and biden is now going back to the way that it was before um also president biden has launched a classified review of the drone strikes and raids those seem to have gotten out of hand under the last two administrations obama and um Trump, whatever his name is. I forgot his name. Um, this is funny that it's not getting near as much attention as Ted Cruz got, but the Texas attorney general and his wife left Texas during the winter storm for Utah to go skiing in Utah. I don't know why that's not getting as much traction, but I think that anyone in Texas who has a political position made the decision to leave in the middle of this winter storm with no power, no none of that. Um, should be have like a flashlight put on them, but who knows? Um, Congresswoman Halan's hearing for Secretary of Interior has started, um, and I feel like she's gonna have a tough go of it. I get into I'm gonna get into that a little bit deeper later, but I just feel like she is a native woman. She's against fracking. She's against like honoring land. Those crazy ideas. And uh, it's going to be held against her. So it's it's going to be a tough sell. So this will be President Biden's second tough sell with Nara Tandon's possibility still up in the air. Again, I'm going to get into it a little bit later. Um, there currently, as we're speaking, there is a Senate hearing about the January 6th security. All of the security people, the police officers, the all of that uh, sergeant of arms, they're all swearing under oath what happened. There seems to be some conflicting messaging going on. Um, so hopefully we'll get some answers, but here's a really interesting fact is that Senator Johnson of Wisconsin read out loud on, in this hearing about how Antifa is to blame for all of this and that it was all a cover up and all. What I can say about that is Senator Johnson of Wisconsin is up for reelection in 2022. So maybe keep that in the back of your mind because uh, he, he spread disinformation in the United States Senate 
after he himself witnessed and survived January 6th. So, and another funny factor about all this was that Ted Cruz was texting through most of the hearing today. So, that's great. Great to see that he's learned his lesson. Um, in other news, Aaron Rodgers is engaged to Shanley Woodley, the actress, the young actress. And um, he he announced it, and then now she's confirming it finally. So, that's didn't even know they were dating, but apparently they're engaged. Speaking of Ted Cruz, his wife Heidi Cruz is quite upset over the leaked text messages between her and her neighbors. And as much as I don't like Heidi Cruz, I can kind of understand this one because you send someone a personal text and you, and you think they're your friend and then they go and release it for the world to see. But uh, yeah, that's she's quite upset about that. But I guess maybe don't take off in the middle of a winter storm when your husband's a senator. There's that. Um, I told you guys like two weeks ago, I think, that the former Senator Purdue had filled out paperwork to run in 2022. He apparently is not going to run. Um, I don't know if he got some internal polls that told him not to run or the Trump factor or what it was, but he is not running. Um, this is just like a, a fun little thing. Um, Martha Stewart is in Harper's Bazaar. And I got to say, like her upgrade, you guys should check it out. Honest to God, this woman looks fantastic. And I have mad respect for Martha Stewart because she went to prison. And I know it was like a federal prison and it was like a nothing prison. But she went to prison, took it, and came out and was like, yeah, I went to prison. Yep, I did insider trading. I've done my time. Now let's get back to business. And then she became BFFs with Snoop Dogg. Like, her upgrade has been genius. And these photos are fantastic. I don't know what she's done. I don't know what work she's got done. But, like, girl is on point. And last but not least here, we officially have the first audio from Mars has been released. As you guys probably know, we landed one of those rovers on Mars uh, the other day and we got visual and now we're getting audio from Mars. So this is very exciting news for the mission to Mars. So let's get into things a little bit deeper. Okay, so um, if you follow us on TikTok, which you guys should, um, I made a video and I put it on Twitter, our Twitter as well. I made a video about Nera Tandon, who is the OMB director nominee, about her coming up short for the votes. And now she's having to go around and call people and beg for votes and sort of all that jazz, all simply because Manchin, Senator Manchin, who I've defended on the show, and I still stand by what I defended him on. However, Manchin has made it his mission to not only publicly say he's not going to vote for her, but he apparently has gotten others to come on board. We now have Romney, all of your guys' savior, who you guys think is the greatest person on earth. Romney will not vote for her. Collins will not vote for her. Um, uh, Lindsey Graham is not a surprise by any means. Bernie Sanders. Now, the thing is with Sanders is that he doesn't like Nera because she sent out a lot, a lot of tweets about him, about uh, calling him not nice names. And the thing is, is that the woman has admitted that she did it. She deleted the text message, I mean, the, the tweets, but yet they kept going on and on and on about it, even though she apologized and own, took ownership, which I don't see anyone else in the political arena taking ownership of their tweets instead of trying to find an excuse. She said, I deleted it because I felt like that was best, and I'm sorry, and let's move forward. Now, what's interesting about these people is that they, Manchin, Collins, Sanders, uh, they confirmed the ambassador to Germany, who, his name doesn't even matter because no one even cares about him, but who 
goes up a storm on Twitter going after everyone from Newt Gingrich's wife to the Clintons to Nancy Pelosi to everyone saying pretty vile things. But Manchin had no reason, no, no thought in his process to not push him through. And his sole reason of not wanting to vote for Neera Tandon is her tweets. That's it. Not that she's not qualified, not that she's not the right person for the job. No, it's her tweets. He says that she is too partisan. But yet, he voted to confirm Kavanaugh, who is who had a real accusation over his head of sexual harassment, sexual assault. You know, the woman Dr. Ford came forward, swore under oath, and yet he still voted for him. He also voted for Jeff Session as Attorney General, and Jeff Session is a racist little Keebler elf from Alabama. But yet he didn't see any problems with that, who has a history in his, in his whole career of having racist tendencies. But that wasn't partisan, I guess. Collins came out with a, with a press release simply saying she's too partisan, it's not good for politics. We're talking about the woman who sent out press releases about Trump saying, I think he's learned his lesson so we can move forward now. I forgive him. I think he's learned his lesson. She sent, it was like on repeat. I think he's learned his lesson. I think he's learned his lesson. And now she can't vote for Neera Tandon? So, and then the Bernie Sanders factor is just like the cherry on top of all of this. I mean, the misogyny and the pure, blatant, you're a woman, so we're going to treat you different. The double standard. And it's going to happen to Congresswoman Halan, who is up for the Secretary of Interior, which, let me just say, I don't know anyone better for the Secretary of Interior job. The Secretary of Interior job is to protect our lands, to protect our water, to protect everything that's environment, basically. That's her job. She is a true Native woman. She grew up in a Native environment, She's a proud Native woman. She's all about honoring land. She's all about honoring, use every resource that is in front of you. Very Native. She's against fracking, which is why she's going to have trouble being pushed through as Secretary of Interior. But I think to myself, what is it exactly we're looking for in a Secretary of Interior? Someone who's going to honor our land or someone who's going to ruin our land, which is what we've had for years and years and years. I really believe that if she were a man and she was saying the exact same things, that this conversation wouldn't be happening. It's a double standard. The, oh, you're a man, so you're allowed to say these things. Oh, you're a woman, you can't say these things. Because all the examples that I have of, of these politicians, these senators pushing through nominees have been men. It's when the women come up that they have a problem. And the only reason they didn't have a problem with Janet Yellen, who was the first woman uh, secretary of treasury, is simply because she has held so many different jobs in our government, they had to treat her fair. They didn't treat her fair because she's a woman. They treated her fair because it was like, all right, we've already, you've worked with Trump, you've worked with Obama, you've worked, we got to push you through. You look at Merrick Garland, who I'm so excited, he's going to be our next attorney general. I'm so happy that he finally had his moment in front of the Senate, and he killed it in his confirmation hearing. But he's probably going to get like 80 votes. And I think like, What? I don't understand this. He's qualified for his job. He's done everything he needs to work toward being that the attorney general of this country. And I say the same thing for Nira. 
Most of those senators, if you ask them what an OMB director does, I guarantee you they don't know. They don't know. And part of me feels like with Nara, Nara, she wants to shake up the system. She's a real progressive politician, you want to say that. She's not a politician, but she's in the political arena, so we'll say that. She's a real progressive person. And all of these people from the Bernie who are all about progress, all about progression, all about, they are annihilating her on Twitter, as is Bernie Sanders. She really wants to actually change the system, where Bernie Sanders just wants to talk about changing the system. She grew up on food stamps, and she knows what it's like, and she knows what's broken in the system and what's not broken in the system. So she wants to come in and change it all so that it's beneficial to the American person, so they're not relying on food stamps, so they're able to get off of food stamps and move forward with their life in a positive direction. But they're saying, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We don't know who you think you are, girl. So now she has to sit around and she has to call senators like, and beg them for their vote? I mean, it's, it's acceptable for men, but it's not acceptable for women. And that's what we see over and over and over. We have a woman vice president. That's amazing. But we're still seeing the same problems that we saw before Kamala Harris became the vice president. It hasn't changed. The narrative has not changed. It is still the good old boys club. We don't have equal pay. We don't have guaranteed maternity leave. We don't have a woman president. We still are only a handful of women senators from both sides. We have more women in Congress now than we've ever had before. That is a fact. But it's still the same things we're allowing. And how the fact that I'm seeing with Nara Tandon, people saying, all right, well, let's just give her up and move on to the next one. Wait a second. What happened to the whole thing of like women empowerment, women of color matter, we care about them? What, we're going to settle because we have Kamala Harris as the vice president? It's not that simple, and it doesn't fix everything, and there is a double standard. And the more that we talk about it, the more it'll be exposed for what it is. And I think that that is extremely, extremely important. It's so much bigger than just wearing a shirt that says girl power. And it's so much bigger than wearing a shirt that's supporting Kamala Harris. It is bigger than that. So that is what I will continue to do. But if Neera Tandon and Congresswoman Halan, if they get confirmed, I will be one happy, happy lady. But I will be shocked. I will be shocked. Because if they were men, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here at all. So um, I used to be a big, big fan of The View. And then when Barbara Walters announced that she was retiring, I was like, I don't know. And I sort of would watch in and watch. But I always see clips of it because everyone is obsessed with Meghan McCain. We're all obsessed with Meghan McCain. We talk about her 24-7. She is the ultimate villain of The View. And she is. But here's what's funny to me about Meghan McCain. The other day, she went viral again. Because she said that she looked at the camera and she said that I, Megan McCain, co-host of The View, have no idea when I'm going to get my COVID vaccine. And everyone was like, what? You're like 35 years old. Why would you even be concerned? Right now we need to get teachers. We need to get old people. We need to get, there's a whole slew of people that we need to get before you're going to be informed, Megan McCain, daughter of John McCain. Uh, of when you're getting your vaccine. So it went viral. And then she went on a whole second thing saying that Dr. Fauci needs to be fired because he doesn't know his uh, information. He doesn't know science, which I'm like, 
Sweetie, are you really telling someone who has spent his entire career fighting these like rare, crazy viruses and diseases that he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to science? It's one thing to have a differing opinion from what he's suggesting, but to blatantly say you don't understand science. I mean, he is the entire, the, the way that we handle AIDS and HIV and medicines for AIDS and HIV changed for the better because of Dr. Fauci and sadly because of Dr. Burke too, but that woman has dug her own grave. However, so it's like, let's show a little bit of respect for this man and his entire career. You don't got to agree, like I said, with everything he's saying, you know, the double masking, not double masking, the double masking. The, I get that it's confusing. However, let's like hold off. So I thought to myself, let's do a little like 411 on who is Megan McCain and how we got here to how she even ended up on The View. Because honestly, it, it's so mind-blowing mind for me, okay? So obviously she is the daughter of Cindy and John McCain. Um, so, you know, Cindy is, her mom is an heiress to the Coors, as in the beer um, um, corporation. She's worth probably like $800 million, her mom. And uh, her father, of course, was the former senator that was the POW survivor, ran for president multiple times. You know, so he's a very, they called him the maverick, like the tough guy. He's the infamous guy that did this with the repeal of the Obamacare. Um, she is married and her husband is the creator of the blog, The Federalist, which is a right wing, extreme right wing blog. Um, her husband, funny enough, little side note, he got fired from the Washington Post because he plagiarized a bunch of his work and they caught him because, you know, yeah, it's the Washington Post. So he got fired and that's when he started The Federalist. Um, she just had a little girl. I kid you not, you guys, the baby's name is Liberty because she's like America, right? America, Republicans, they own that patriotic way. Liberty is the daughter's name. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't make this up. She currently is the co-host of The View. She has an art history degree from Columbia. So what I thought to myself is how did a girl with an art history degree, not a political degree, not an economic degree, not even an English degree, end up being a co-host on The View? I mean, clearly we know it's because she's John McCain's daughter. That's clear as day. Um, she, Her career really began off of her father's. She started a blog in 2007 called the McCain Blogette, which was following her father's like path you know, in 2008 against Obama. And it was also like clothes and other things. I never saw it because I never liked the girl. She basically got pulled off of the campaign from helping out because she was too controversial because she's very outspoken and annoying and undereducated in a lot of these concepts. So, or policies or things. So she got pulled off of that. Fast forward, she worked for Fox News for a little bit. Fast forward, now she's on The View. She's constant drama on The View. Joy Behar absolutely hates her. They got into it right after she came back from maternity leave because I see the clips all over Twitter because she constantly goes viral. And Megan McCain was just being her nasty self. And she says, oh, Joy, I know that you miss, you must have missed me so much, missed someone to argue with. And Joy looked at her and said, no, actually, I didn't at all. So, I mean, that's a real intense hatred. She's like the villain on A Real Housewives. She's like Lisa Rinna on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We all say to ourselves, like, oh, why is this person, st why is Lisa still on the show? 
But then you think, like, what would the show be without that villain? Y'all need a villain. Every every city of Real Housewives has a villain. Megan McCain is the villain. She brings in the ratings because people are always wondering, what is she going to say? What is she, who is she going to get into it with? Is she going to get into it with Whoopi? Is she going to get into Joy? Whomever she's going to get into it with. You know, and the really funny thing about Megan McCain is that she is a massive gay rights activist. I'm not even kidding you. Like, she is uh, a Republican who's unlike any other because she's all for gay marriage, gay adoption, transgender rights, you name it. So she, to me, though, she's just someone who has this chip on her shoulder. Like, she's she constantly says, my father, my father, my father, my father, my father. Like, she's trying to prove she's her own person. But at the same time, she can't help but going go backwards with her father, who is the one who got her there. If her last name was Smith, she wouldn't be a co-host of The View. You know, and I say... <laughs> You know, Barbara Walters apparently has Alzheimer's, and that's why we don't see her anymore, sadly. But I say if she was still there on the day-to-day, this wouldn't be happening. I know that she's great for ratings and people tune in for that, but I think that she would be like, okay, enough. Like, this isn't the point of the show, The View. The point of the show, The View, was to get multiple women's views on the world from all sorts of walks of life and come together. She is just nasty and vile, and she has no reason to be nasty and vile. She grew up with a silver spoon in her mouth. She was one of those debutante girls, by the way. They literally, like, announced who she was when she was 15 or whatever those rich people do. Her mother is super, super rich. She has a baby. She has a kid. What could she possibly be this nasty and and vile about? But I guess at the end of the day, she's playing a role, or maybe this is really who she is. Whatever it is, it's working. And I'm just here to tell you guys, it's not going to go away. She's too great for the ratings, and she's too great to go viral on Twitter. I, I don't know what they – I don't even know the other girls, Sunny and some of the – I don't even know who they are. All I know is and the, con- the constant clips that I see are Megan McCain. So the Megan, Megan McCain factor, it works. Unfortunately, it works. Okay, so it's been a while, but I thought we should get back to some Flotus facts because Showtime just announced that they're doing the First Ladies program and you have like Jillian Anderson is playing Eleanor Roosevelt and you have um, Mon- uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is going to play Betty Ford, which I'm very excited. Viola Davis is going to play Michelle Obama. It's going to be this great series sort of like covering their young life, old life. It's going to be great. So I thought let's do some Flotus facts as we usually do. I will pick a random name from out of here. And I will give you guys five Flotus facts off the top of my head. So um, there's Republicans and Democrats in here. So sorry, they're posted. So I'm just unsticking them. I'm not looking though. Okay. Ready? Okay. This one. Oh my God. (laughs) Why do I do this to myself, Sam? Why do I do this? Let's do Barbara Bush. Oh my God. She's like my, one of my least favorite. Okay. What can I say? Five. Oh my God. Do I even know five Flotus facts about Barbara Bush? Okay, well, she was, um, oh, she's a direct descendant from President Pierce. Okay, so she's had multiple presidents in her family, um, where that whole she collects presidents came from when she allowed Bill Clinton to sort of have this friendship with H.W. Bush was because she collects presidents in her family because she's a a Pierce. Um, She, what else do I know about Barbara Bush? Um, She always wore pearls. That was like her thing. I vaguely remember her when I was a kid. Um, There's like a little bit of sliver of line pre-Clinton in my life. Um, And she always had pearls on. 
I know that she had a really bad relationship with Nancy Reagan. She used to judge Nancy Reagan for how much she used to spend ta- of the taxpayers' money on China and clothes and all of that, and Barbara Bush was not about that. Um, she's originally from, like, Maine or something, I think. I think Maine. I think that's where she's from. And her big, like, platform was reading. That was, like, her big her big platform, which is funny because her daughter-in-law, Laura Bush, later took that kind of over, but she went worldwide with it. Um, so... Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if I know anything else about Barbara Bush. I really, they were married for a really, really long time. They were married for like 70 years or something, 60 years or something. Long time. Um, she wasn't a fan of Donald Trump's. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I think that's like enough facts about Barbara Bush because I literally can't think of anything else. But Barbara Bush, there you go. Daily Descent with the OG of the HRC. Okay, so funny story here on my daily descent. Um, I hadn't picked a daily descent yet, and I found out that something happened today on the United States Senate elevator, and I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to talk about this. And it was confirmed by a political reporter on her own Twitter that this was said, so you guys could look it up if you'd like. So what happened was, um, so today, of course, was you got a lot of stuff going on in the Senate. You have the January 6th hearings. You have Halan hearings. You have Javier hearings. A lot of hearings going on. And um, so it's busy right now. It's a busy time of time of year in the Senate. And uh, apparently, Senator Manchin and his staff got onto an elevator. And then come running up is Senator Murkowski and her staff. And they all get into this elevator together in the Senate. Well... The reporter overheard someone in the elevator, she doesn't know who, saying, you have the entire power of the Senate in this elevator. Because you have Manchin, who is this like, go, you know, like you never know where he's going to land, Senator. And you have Murkowski, who you never know where she's going to land, Senator. And that is the power of the Senate. Now, what I think is so sadly true about this statement and so outrageous about this statement is that both sides, Republicans and Democrats, they got lazy and they got complacent. And this is why Senator Manchin and Senator Murkowski, one senator from each side, holds all the power. Meaning all the other senators can do a bunch of work to get a bill passed and either one of those senators could kill the bill by one vote. Now, we got here because Senator Schumer didn't spend the money or the time to invest in other seats. And he put all everything into Georgia. And when we took Georgia, everyone was like, oh, yay, this is great. We have, we have, you know, we have the majority by one seat, the vice president. Yeah, one seat. And here we are. Manchin has been the same senator since the day he entered the Senate. He has not changed. His voting record has not changed. He has always been center-right. That wasn't going to change because we won the majority back. And you look at Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell put everything into Georgia and sort of was like, oh, we got Georgia. We're going to win Georgia. We're at least win one seat in Georgia. And then when he didn't, he was like, oh, shit. But we have a 50-50 Senate. And the laziness on both sides to not properly prepare for, you know what, we want 55 seats. 
We want 54 seats. We want 56 seats. No, no, no. We're going to be happy with 50 seats. No. No, 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 no. And this is what's happened. Now, someone, I'm guessing it was the staff, a staff member, saying, here's the power of the entire United States Senate in one elevator. We have 100 senators in the United States Senator, and they all come down to those two people. And that couldn't be any more of a truthful statement. But Schumer allowed it and Mitch McConnell allowed it because Mitch McConnell has a wild card with Mikrowski and Senator has a wild card with Manchin. On top of, we also have Cinema, who is a wild card. But Manchin's the true wild card. Manchin coming out and saying that he's not voting for Neera Tandon and now he's saying he, he might have trouble voting for Hollande makes you go like, we got a problem, folks. Now, we can sit around and we can put all the blame on Manchin for being exactly who he's been this whole time, or we can simply say, Schumer didn't do his job at winning us more seats. And we're all sitting here and praying that Lisa Mikrowski is going to vote with us, and she's going to... You guys got to remember, she is up for re-election in 2022, and it'll be the tightest re-election she's ever faced. She might get primaried by Sarah Palin, of all people. So I just thought it was so... Interesting. All the power of the United States Senate is in this elevator right now. A senator from West Virginia and a senator from Alaska are deciding what passes and what doesn't. And I don't know, me being a Californian, my issues, my thoughts, my process of what I hope is not the same as the voter in West Virginia, nor is it the same as the voter in Alaska. But Schumer and McConnell got us this position because they put everything into Georgia thinking it would be enough. And then when it wasn't, they're like, oh, okay. So I think we are in for a battle here. I think that even something like the COVID bill, because they're putting the $15 minimum wage in there, which now Romney and Tom Cotton have come out and said, we'll give you 10 to pass this bill. Um, it's going to be difficult. Manchin is, is saying no to these people for a reason. There's always a reason in politicians' mind. So there you have it. Manchin and Murkowski from Alaska and West Virginia are the power of our Senate. That's what we've allowed. There you go. All right, guys, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and back on TikTok. And if you want to listen, you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, or, of course, watch us on YouTube. Make sure you push that little subscribe button. Until next time, guys, the OG of the HRC, signing out.